What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy, Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English. I greatly appreciate everyone for all the support on the podcast. If you don't follow me on Instagram already, please go give me a follow at English Encore Podcast. You can watch my previous live session interview with Bills beat and sideline reporter Sal Capaccio. We discussed the upcoming season for the Bills, 53-man roster, Travis White getting paid, um, you know, his journey to becoming a reporter, breaking the Terrell Owens story when he was coming to the Bills all the way back in 2009. A really cool interview. Appreciate Sal taking the time out of his busy schedule to come on with me. Um, so if you want to go check that out, it's on the IGTV section of my profile and my shirts are on pre-sale order uh, right now until next Wednesday. You can uh, send me a message via DM or you can email me um, at EnglishEncorePodcast at gmail.com. All you have to do is send me the details of how many shirts you want, sizing, um, your address, and how you would like to pay. Right now I have Venmo and Cash App. All information that you share with me um, will be private and I will not share with anyone so no worries about that so today I'll be going through the top three NFL matchups for upcoming week one as well as some fantasy sleepers and busts for week one fantasy purposes be going into the NBA playoffs talking about the potential East and Western Conference final matchups then going into the East and West finals matchups for the NHL um, starting off with the NFL, football is finally back, everyone. Yesterday, the Kansas City Chiefs absolutely dominated the Houston Texans in a big Week 1 victory. Just kick things off on Thursday Night Football. Patrick Mahomes, spectacular as always. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the rookie running back for the Kansas City Chiefs, was also exceptional. Sammy Watkins had a great game as well. Deshaun Watson did Deshaun Watson things, but ultimately the defense was on the field too long. Um, you could definitely tell they were missing DeAndre Hopkins. David Johnson does look back to form a little bit, but overall Kansas City really ran away with that game. After going down 7-0, they scored 31 unanswered points before the Texans really started to put some points up at the end of the game when it really didn't matter anymore. Um, looking at the rest of the NFL matchups for Week 1, there are definitely some intriguing games that you want to keep an eye on. Um, starting off from three to one, number three, I have the Seattle at Atlanta Falcons game. Um, I think it's a really intriguing matchup from the uh, aspect that you know Quinn is on the hot seat for the Falcons. You know this is a coach where they were just in the Super Bowl a few short years ago, um, and since then they've really underachieved. They kind of reshaped uh, the whole offense and defense, bringing in a lot of guys. They have a ton of first round talent now on the offense with the addition of Todd Gurley. Kelvin Ridley looks to continue to um, develop, you know, Julio and Ridley matching up against Seattle's new defense with Jamal Adams, I think is going to be super intriguing. Um, not to mention the fact they still have one of the best linebackers, if not the best linebacker in the NFL and Bobby Wagner. Um, obviously Russell Wilson versus Matt Ryan is going to be a great matchup. Russell Wilson, much more of a dual threat, Matt Ryan, um, really good pocket passer. He's probably going to throw the ball 35, 40 times in this game. Um, and I think it's going to be a very good matchup. 
And number two, I have the Packers versus the Vikings. Always a classic divisional matchup. Um, for the Vikings, you want to see if Delvin Cook is going to stay healthy. Then you have to see the emergence of Justin Jefferson. You know, they no longer have Stephon Diggs if they traded him to Buffalo. Um, so it's really going to be on the shoulders of Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen um, with Delvin Cook in the backfield to get this offense going. I think the tight ends are going to be a lot more involved. They have Kyle Rudolph. They drafted Herb Smith Jr. last year from Alabama. I think he'll be a vital role in their offense this year as well. And then you got to look at the Green Bay Packers. You have to see if um, Aaron Rodgers is still that bad dude. Um, you know, he was obviously frustrated with how the draft went when they took Jordan Love from the reports I've been seeing. He hasn't been impressive as they would like him to be. Obviously, it's not really a huge deal because they don't plan on having him start anytime soon. However, from Aaron Rodgers' perspective, they definitely didn't really go out and get him any help this offseason. It's pretty much the same exact offensive line. Um, you know, Aaron Jones is obviously a beast out of the backfield. Devontae Adams is one of the best receivers in the NFL. But outside of that, you know, their tight ends and other receivers are very questionable. It's going to be relying a lot on Aaron Rodgers' arm um, and just playmaking ability to get them going. So I think that's a very intriguing matchup, especially because it's a divisional game to start right off the bat. And I think everyone's number one consensus game uh, for week one is the Buccaneers at the Saints. Tom Brady's first game as a Buccaneer gets to go up against another great future Hall of Fame quarterback, Andrew Brees. Um, those two are going to be squaring off twice a year for at least the next few years. Um, those two teams, are, I think, are going to be the ones battling it out for the division title and potentially seeing each other in the playoffs um, deep. The big question for the Buccaneers is going to be their running backs. Obviously, they just got Leonard Fournette in the building, but it's a very crowded backfield. They still invested a high draft pick last year in Ronald Jones. They added LaShawn Shady McCoy in the offseason. He has a very good relationship with Bruce Arians. Um, and he's going to be a third down back for them, I believe. Um, if you watch Tom Brady and, you know, myself being a Bills fan, getting to see him play, um, you know, pretty much my whole life until this year, um, you know that outside of, you know, his tight end and slot guy, the big thing he always loves to have is that check down running back. So once he goes through his reads very quickly, they can get the ball out of his hands quick. Ronald Jones is an okay receiving back for that. You know, even though his numbers will say that he – has good receiving numbers. I think a big part of that is because of how far the Jaguars were behind in games more than his actual pass catching ability. Um, his actual, you know, completion percentage for passes thrown to him actually isn't very high for running backs. And I think LaShawn McCoy is going to add that element to that offense. And then for the Saints, I think the addition of Emmanuel Sanders is going to be huge for them. You have Michael Thomas, Florida gets double teamed a lot, but still makes a ton of contested catches and one of the best receivers in the NFL. The addition of Emmanuel Sanders, you can really take the top off the defense. You have the Swiss Army knife and Taysom Hill with the combination of Kamara and Murray out of the backfield with Jared Cook at tight end as well. They still have some other good young wide receivers. Um, you know, Smith is one of those guys as well. Um, so I think that's definitely the most intriguing matchup of week one. And as far as fantasy talk goes, you know, it can't go without talking about a little bit of fantasy football. It's one of the best times of year for a lot of fans, you know, getting a little bit more involved in the game than just watching the game itself. And for all the people out there that like to bet and gamble on games, you know, daily fantasy, all that sort of stuff. Um, three players I would avoid for week one, starting off with third, uh, Jared Goff, quarterback for the Rams versus the Dallas Cowboys. Um, he lost Brandon Cooks. They do have Robert Woods. Van Jefferson and Cooper Cup, but the big concern for me is with 
you know, even though I think Cam Akers is going to be a great running back for the Rams, um, I think that it's going to take a little bit of time for him to really develop. And I don't know if I want Jared Goff throwing the ball 35, 40 times a game. I know they have Tyler Higby at tight end as well. I think the Cowboys defense is going to be a lot better this year than people expect. They have a couple great young linebackers in Smith and Vanderash. Um, they did lose one of their best corners um, to the Dolphins this offseason. But overall, I think the Cowboys are going to be a lot better defensively than people give them credit for. So I'd stay away from Jared Goff, at least for this week. Um, Devontae Parker, wide receiver for the Dolphins against the Patriots, another receiver uh, player I would stay away from. Um, he did do a very good job and burned Stephon Gilmore numerous times uh, last year in Week 17. Um, I don't anticipate that happening again. I think Gilmore has something to prove against him. New England also has one of the best defenses in the NFL, despite some of the players that have opted out and their losses of Kyle Van Noy to the Dolphins in the offseason. Uh, Parker's just a guy that I wouldn't want to really touch um, this week. If anything, I think Preston Williams is the guy that you want to be looking at if you're playing any Dolphins players week one. And then Melvin Gordon, the running back uh, from the Broncos versus the Titans, another guy I definitely would not touch this week. Just because I've always questioned this move from the start, from the aspect of Philip Lindsay's been a great running back for them for the past two seasons, over a thousand yards. He's a very good pass catcher out of the backfield, and I think that's very important to have for a guy like Drew Lock going into his first full year as a starter. And you know, Titans defense with Mike Vrabel, they just added Jadeveon Clowney. They're always a very sound defensive team. So to me, I think this is going to be a shootout. And I think when push comes to shove, they're going to need some receiving yards um, out of their backfield. Not that Melvin Gordon is a bad receiving bat, but Philip Lindsay is definitely a lot more effective in that role. So I would stay away from Melvin Gordon week one. Um, as far as some sleepers to keep an eye on that you could potentially slot in and play. Um, I think Tyrod Taylor, the quarterback of the Chargers, is an intriguing option this week. Just because they play a weak Bengals team, um, it's with the best receiving core he's probably had as a quarterback in the NFL with Keenan Allen. Mike Williams looks like he's going to play. Hunter Henry's fully healthy, and then obviously Austin Eckler out of the backfield. Taylor's running ability also makes him a high-value play against the Bengals this week. I don't think he's going to be a guy you can start every week, but for a week one flyer and daily fantasy purposes, I think Tyrod's a great option. Um, James White, the running back for the Patriots, I think is also a very solid option. You look at, they put on uh, Damian Harris, the running back from New England on IR. Sony Michelle still a little bit banged up. And with Cam Newton really still getting acquainted to the offense, I think James White is going to be on the field early and often for Josh McDaniels. And I feel like that he could have a very successful matchup week one versus the Dolphins. And then the last intriguing option for me is Deontay Johnson, the wide receiver from the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Giants on Monday Night Football. Um, I think with Big Ben Roethlisberger back, it's going to make Juju and Johnson more available. I think Juju has all the talent in the world, and I think he's going to see a lot more double teams. I think Johnson has the ability to win in one-on-one -on -one coverage. I think he showed that the last four or five weeks of the season last year when he finished as a top 20 fantasy wide receiver in those weeks, and I think he's going to continue to do that this season. So those are my three players I would and wouldn't start in week one for the NFL. Moving on to the NBA playoffs, we're almost wrapped up getting to the conference finals. As of right now, my Miami Heat are the only team currently locked into a finals spot for their respective conference. They defeated the Bucks in five games in impressive fashion, even though Giannis Antetokounmpo 
went out in game four after rolling his ankle in game three and then re-aggravating it in game four to not play game five in the closeout game. Um, the Raptors-Celtics will be going at it tonight in game seven to see who will be going up against the Heat. Um, to me, the Celtics got the bad end um, of some refereeing calls in game six. Kemba Walker clearly was fouled on that last-minute drive at the end of regulation, but they couldn't get the job done in overtime. Um, I thought Siakam throughout the series has been very average. I don't think he's been anything like he was in the regular season. Kyle Lowry, um, Norman Powell, those guys, OG Adenobi have been carrying that team. I think Kemba Walker and Jason Tatum have shown a lot of fans that the Celtics, um, and Celtics fans specifically, that they can lead this team to a championship. I think Jason Tatum has a great chance at being an MVP in this league as soon as next year. Um, I thought the momentum that Celtics were having towards the end of the regular season um, before, you know, the pandemic hit was going to be something to keep an eye on in the playoffs. Um, Kemba Walker has shown the ability to come up with big-time shots and big-time moments so far in the playoffs. And then you obviously have Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Daniel Tice, all those guys playing tremendous defense. Even a guy like Grant Williams, who didn't get a ton of minutes in the regular seasons, providing some great minutes for Brad Stevens. Um, as far as the Raptors go, I think they're going to rely a lot on Kyle Lowry and the coaching ability of Nick Nurse tonight. Um, overall, I think regardless of who wins, they're probably going to be favored in the series against the Miami Heat. Miami is just a very scrappy team. Um, they're all healthy right now, which is huge for them. Um, they're very deep. You know, They go 11 deep, one of the few teams in the NBA and in the playoffs in general that ever do that. You know, you have your starting five of Butler, Adebayo, Duncan Robinson, um, Jay Crowder, and Goran Dragic. And then you go go to your bench. They have Iguodala. They have Tyler Hero, Kelly Olenek, Kendrick Nunn, Derek Jones Jr. Um, just to name a few. Even Myers Leonard got some minutes the other night. Um, you know, very deep. They're very well coached. Eric Spolster, one of the greatest coaches in the game today. I mean, you saw that. Um, throughout the series against Mike Boonholzer and the Bucks, But the big three combination of Bam Adebayo, Goran Dragic, and Jimmy Butler in the playoffs so far has been outstanding. They've only lost one game. I think getting a few extra days rest to go up against a Celtics or Raptors team is going to be big for them. I think of the teams, those two teams, I think that he would prefer to play the Raptors just because from a matchup perspective, I think that Bam Adebayo will be able to neutralize Pascal Siakam I think Jimmy Butler will match up well with Adenobi or Kyle Lowry, whoever they want him to guard. And Dragic, I think, can match up with Lowry if need be. Not to mention Kendrick Nunn's a good defender off the bench who could come in and pick up Fred Van Vliet. Um, Tyler here is a little bit um, going to get taken advantage of on the defensive side of the ball, but offensively, he's been great in the playoffs so far, averaging almost 16 points a game. Looking at the Western Conference, both the Lakers and Clippers are both up in their series 3-1, then Clippers look to close it out against the Nuggets tonight. Um, I think everyone before the season anticipated potential LA first LA Western Conference Finals, and it surely looks like that could possibly happen. When I look at the Lakers um, Rocket Series, Mike D'Antoni looks like he is possibly going to get canned from his job um, based on, you know, just they haven't performed in the playoffs, you know, past three years, whether it's Chris Paul and James Harden against the Warriors or now with Russell Westbrook. Um, and James Harden against the Lakers. They just haven't gotten it done. They decided to move on from Clint Capella in a trade to the Atlanta Hawks. And you can tell this small ball lineup, as deadly as it was towards the end of the regular season, 
and to start the bubble. Um, I don't think it's as effective now, especially against a team like the Lakers, where you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, even Dwight Howard to a lesser degree off the bench can dominate in the post. P.J. Tucker's a great defender, but against those guys, um, he doesn't really stand a chance. Um, Russell Westbrook, to me, hasn't been shooting the ball well at all. I don't think he really fits that 3 and D system that D'Antoni and them really run. Um, James Harden hasn't been good enough in this series. Um, he continuously comes up short in the playoffs. Um, from the Nuggets-Clippers perspective, the Nuggets are just getting out-coached right now. Um, Doc Rivers is out-coaching Malone to a high degree. Um, and Jamal Murray hasn't been nearly what he was in the last series. They've kind of locked in on Jokic. You know, Michael Porter made some controversial comments saying he needs to get the ball more. Um, I think just from a rookie perspective, that's a time you got to know when to say that when not. You know, Obviously, Michael Porter Jr. has a lot of confidence himself, and I think he's going to be a great player. But at this time, I think it's his first playoff series. He didn't get a ton of minutes. He sat out an entire year. I don't think that's a time for him to be talking. Um, guys like Gary Harris, uh, Grant have to step up. Um, Grant had some golden opportunities in Game 3 to really keep them in games, and he missed a lot of wide-open shots. But I anticipate a Clippers first Lakers matchup, and I think that would go to a possible Game 7. And then closing out the podcast today, we're going to talk about the NHL playoffs. So right now, we're in the East and Western Conference Finals. So for the East, you have Tampa Bay versus the Islanders. Right now, Tampa looks poised to win the Stanley Cup. Um, they've pretty much dominated every series they've been in so far. Um, you know, Islanders really just haven't been up to challenge. They got blown out in Game 1, 8-2, which is something you rarely see. Um there's still a lot of goaltending controversy going on with um, the playoffs right now, which is extremely odd because being in the you know finals for your conference, you'd think at that point you have your goaltending figured out. But right now it's very controversial. You look at the Vegas Stars series. You have um, Marc-Andre Fleury versus Robin Leonard. A lot of people were clamoring for Marc-Andre Fleury to get some games after Leonard struggled for one game throughout the entire playoffs. You know, if Vegas was going to win the cup right now, I think Ven Leonard would win the con smite. That's how well he's played. He's recorded, I believe, four or five shutouts in these playoffs right now. And, you know, despite the loss last night, I'd be shocked if they went back to Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, but there's definitely still that conversation being talked about. And then, you know, Dallas got lucky getting away with the mistake of playing Ben Bishop for a game over Anton Gudobin. Gudobin's been outstanding. Um, since he's been put back into that starting role after that miscue. Um, so there's really not as much controversy there anymore. And then as far as the Tampa Islanders series, you never know what Barry Trott's going to do. You don't know if it's going to be Thomas Grice or if it's going to be Semyon Varlamov. They've kind of bounced back and forth, and I think they need to find that guy. Um, personally, I'd go with Varlamov. I think Varlamov has the more upside than Grice just based on what I've seen. Um, you know, Grice got peppered in game one. Um, Varlamov played better in game two for them but um overall I think that they just have to make a, a change Barry Trotz is a very good coach I think they'll come out adjusted and get things going tonight hopefully avoid a 3-0 deficit overall I think it's going to be Tampa versus Vegas I think Vegas is going to find a way to win Dallas is a very scrappy team and I think the Islanders will also find a way to win um a game or two just because Barry Trotz is a great coach as I just mentioned and they're very sound defensively. But it's just been a very weird bubble of playoffs. 
Um, like I said, a lot of goaltending controversy, a lot of players stepping up that you maybe uh, wouldn't expect. I look at the Islanders, Matt Martin and Jordan Eberle have had great playoffs. You know, Yanni Gord and Palat have had great playoffs for the Lightning. You look at Vegas, I don't know if people expected Robin Leonard to be as good as he's been so far. But, um, yeah, my pick would definitely be Vegas versus Tampa in the Cup. If it gets there, I think Tampa has the firepower to um, win the Stanley Cup. Vegas, I think, is the more talented team, you know, top to bottom. But I think Vegas has looked a little bit inconsistent at points throughout the playoffs. Um, and I think that's going to be big for um, them to start really putting away the stars here. You know, they're down 2-1. to one. I need to see them go on, you know, win the next two of three games and try to close this out in a six-game series, you know. Um, but, yeah, that's going to do it for today's episode. As I said before, please go and give me a follow at English Encore Podcast on Instagram. Watch any of my previous live sessions. Looking to get some um, in a few weeks. Again, just waiting on some other um, people to get back to me. You know, timing right now is tough with a lot of seasons really going on in the playoffs or NFL is just starting up. So, um, just got to get the scheduling right. But I appreciate all the support. You want to order a t-shirt, please go and check out my Instagram page. You can find all the information you need to know on there. I will be back on Monday. I'll be going over the Bills-Jets game. be talking about the Sabres and their latest rumor that they will be going under 70 or around $70 million for their cap next season and why that's bringing a lot of controversy around the Pagulas once again. And then I'll be talking about um, some college basketball Um with UB and if they're going to potentially play this season as well as some Blue Jays talk probably. But that's going to do it for today's episode. Hope everyone's staying safe and healthy. This has been English Encore Podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel.